0: Welcome back to the Medical Illustration Podcast. This is your host, Paul Kelly. In this episode, the first release of 2023, I must begin the year with the sad news of the passing of Steve Harrison, a legend in medical illustration and a cornerstone member of the medical illustration community. This news has struck me kinda hard because I knew this man. I spoke with him several times Uh, He was one of the most pleasant and vibrant human beings I've ever had the chance to know. Steve was a kind-hearted, old-fashioned gentleman, although he was from White Plains, New York originally, much of his career both illustrating, and uh, he did a lot of surgical illustrations, uh, and his teaching took place in Georgia, Texas, and Arizona. I knew Steve because I met him when I first was applying to grad schools for medical illustration. I took a tour of the programs before I applied, and so I met Steve before I had even started training, let alone practicing professionally. And even though I ended up going to the Toronto program instead of Georgia, Steve always talked to me as if I were one of his own students every time we met afterwards. The first of which was in my graduating year of 2012. The meeting was actually in Toronto. I encountered Steve in the middle level of a wide marble staircase, and he recognized me immediately from two years ago. It was a really warm exchange. He was so nice. Steve had a 40-year career as a medical illustrator, during which he won many awards for his work as a medical illustrator and animator. I have got to learn more about Steve's animation work. Actually, I don't know if I've seen it uh, before, to be honest. Um, I don't know what it would have looked like when he was doing it. I, so I've got to find out. That I think he was, this is probably like the 70s or the 80s. So I'm not sure how it was done at that time. If anyone has this work, please, we need to get this out like on YouTube. I, this must exist for the world to see. I mean, Steve's illustration work still just amazes me. Like all the Georgia profs of his time, he was brilliant in pen and ink and he was well versed in surgery from what i understand that was the bulk of his career most of his body of work was surgical illustration just hearing the names of the places this guy worked like you're just like whoa i mean baylor college of medicine in houston university of texas health sciences center in dallas arizona heart institute barrow neurological institute and medical college of georgia what a resume. One achievement that really stands out to me is Steve was the medical art director at the Arizona Heart Institute and served as technical advisor on the 1983 public television program, The Operation, which was the first live broadcast of an open heart procedure. Dude, dude, that moment can never happen again. <laughs> you know, like, and he was the guy behind that. that man. That's that's incredible. Oh, and this guy was also super into race cars, by the way. <laughs> like, dead seriously. He owned Alfa Romeos. He drove, like, race cars. I Seriously, I once saw him in person at an AMI meeting wearing, like, the whole NASCAR outfit with the patches and the helmet, everything. And apparently this wasn't, like, a rare moment either. He he was really into racing cars. And he did this. So, I yeah, I just want to share a bit about... You know Steve's life with you guys, so I you know I pulled together as much reference material as I could. Uh, I looked some stuff up online. It just so happens that I knew I had some incredible source material on Steve Harrison because I have an AMI News physical brochure in Volume Fifty Three, Issue Four fall 2012 I scrambled through a bunch of you know the pile of AMI brochures and printed conferences guides and newsletters and all that stuff that I have because I knew I had seen Steve Harrison receive his lifetime achievement award at the association of medical illustrator meetings that I was at in person I saw this happen I knew it and I knew I still had the the newsletter about that and It was at that meeting. It was the issue reporting on the Toronto meeting of 2022, the year I graduated, where I saw Steve Harrison in this staircase. And at the very same meeting, Steve Harrison received his Lifetime Achievement Award from the AMI. And I have the printed black and white, folded, glossy paper, stapled newsletter that his acceptance speech is in. So I'm going to read it to you. In Steve's own words... Thank you so much for this honor and the recognition that goes with it my achievements would not have been possible without the assistance of many others including many in attendance here tonight i have always thought it important to team up with others with greater knowledge talent and experience and then to learn all you can from them i've been the recipient of good fortune throughout my life and career okay i've been lucky i've been shot at once I had a knife pulled on me, and I had an irate surgeon throw an ashtray at my head. Fortunately, all three missed. Now that is luck. Dumb luck. However, I think there are other types of luck. And to quote Al Unser Sr., four-time Indy 500 winner, luck is where opportunity meets preparation. It cracks me up that Steve had to quote <laughs> like an Indy 500 winner in his lifetime expense, acceptance speech. That's just, that, that's great. Steve goes on. Unser backed up his quote by taking advantage of the late race pit strategy in an underdog role f- for his fourth Indy victory in 1987. He was at the right place at the right time and was prepared to take the lead when the opportunity presented itself. During my career... I've always felt I had adequate preparation to function well in the profession of medical illustration. For this, I would like to first thank my parents, the late Bell and Joe Harrison, for their unwavering support in my formative years. I'm sure they had some misgivings when I told them I wanted to have a career as an artist, but they encouraged and supported my dreams. God bless them. I received a marvelous education at the University of Georgia and at the Medical College of Georgia. Orville Parks and Octavia Garlington, as well as the rest of the faculty and staff, provided excellent instruction and unlimited access to clinical areas and the operating rooms. David Mascaro, also a student at the time, was a valuable teacher, mentor, and big brother. I also had great classmates in Bill Westwood, Karen Walson, and Don Biggerstaff. They were the finest of colleagues, but we were also rivals and highly competitive. Although when times were tough, we rallied around each other. During my life, I've had many great and interesting opportunities materialize. Some I took advantage of, some I passed by. While an undergrad, I worked in the fast food industry. One day, a co-worker approached me and asked if I would like to make $50 merely for driving a car 25 miles in rural Georgia. That was two weeks' take home pay, and I had a family to support. Many of you know my love of driving cars and racing, but I turned that opportunity down. It would have made a great story, but not worth five to twenty in a federal penitentiary. My first professional job opportunity came from Herb Smith as a medical illustrator and animator at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. I consider Herb to be one of the true geniuses in our profession. And I jumped at the opportunity and have never regretted my choice. Two surgeons have employed me directly, and both experiences were unique and exciting. I saw and did things that most medical illustrators never experience. My thanks to Drs. Ted Dietrich, Dietrich, I'm sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but at the Arizona Heart Institute and to Robert Spetzler at Barrow Neurological Institute for these wonderful opportunities. A special thank you to Bill Wynn for giving me the first teaching opportunity as a faculty member in the Dallas program and to the administration of the Medical College of Georgia for their support and encouragement over the years. Another racing term of importance is finishing well. Another quote from Al Unser Sr. is brought to mind. To finish first, first you have to finish. As professionals, we try to finish first and most of the time we succeed. To shift gears a little, pardon the pun, let me focus in on the career of a particular individual, Gerald P. Hodge. As a young faculty member, I had the opportunity to observe Jerry Hodge for three days of lectures and demonstrations when he visited Dallas in 1974. What a wonderful experience. Like an extra year in graduate school. He was so kind to me, and I still have a box of Galat 1000 pen nibs he gifted me. When it comes to combination of expertise in medical art, fine art, teaching, and professionalism, I consider Jerry Hodge the best of all time. I have told people this for years, but I never took the opportunity to tell Jerry. And now he's gone. I was touched by Terry McDermott's posting on the AMI listserv shortly after Jerry's passing, where she described meeting Jerry, his kindness, and how he remembered her name When he saw her two years later. But that was Jerry. And this is one of those great attributes of the AMI. It's members. I was similarly encouraged by Bob Demarest many years ago. I will never forget that. Happily, last year in Baltimore, I was able to tell Bob to his face how much I thought of him. Of course, he remained humble and praised me in my efforts. And it continues. Yesterday, I saw Terry McDermott sit down with a student member, introduce herself, and strike up a friendly conversation. This is exactly how our organization will grow and prosper. It is also how we as individuals will learn from each other and hopefully finish well. So again, I thank you for this recognition and for your friendship and collegiality God bless you all well I'm finished it's so interesting to go back and read those words I was in that room when he gave that speech and I think this is the official printed version in the AMI newsletter here is uh, you know, what he had submitted as the written part but he continued to talk a little bit after that I believe I recall and, um, you know, or it might have been, you know, after they presented the award and, you know, he turned to the audience and and said a few more words. But I remember uh, I remember he really did emphasize that, you know, he said it's it's about the people, you know, it's about the people you meet here and the people you interact with. You know, that's that's such an important part of our our profession. So I'm looking through this AMI News. Yeah, this was the fall issue of 2012. And it turns out there's another article in here about that meeting written by yours truly. This is Reflections on the 2012 AMI Meeting Illuminations by Paul Kelly. I thought it might be fun to share this one too. The Toronto AMI Meeting was exemplary of the profession's current roster of members, spanning many generations, and included a plethora of closely related specialties. In his video series on lynda.com, Dave Crenshaw names six critical factors necessary to make oneself an invaluable asset in any field. They include industry-savvy, authority, focus, skill or ability, social connection, and irreplaceability. I was gratified to find that all of these aspects of individual growth and development were addressed in this year's meeting. This year's speakers covered the latest and greatest advances not only of the visualization and communication tools we use today but also what we can expect to see tomorrow looking forward to the emergence of digital textbooks such as life on earth presented by doctors Wilson and McGill I also noted the parallels between biological evolution and the evolution of our own field later Dr. Satava reminded the audience that our contribution have also played a critical role in the evolution of medical advances that will change the lives of those who come after us, such as the promotional videos for robotic surgeons that helped to fuel funding for these projects. A common theme to each of this year's presenters was the verifiable authority they each commanded over their own uniquely focused blend of crafts with Audra Garris' generous insights into business practice and James Gurney's reflections on the artistic process, to Michael Haverneck's brain imaging software NeuroQuant and Melanie Stegman's molecular biology game Immune Attack, there can be no doubt that all the attendees left Toronto with a newfound admiration for the achievement of their peers. From epic dinosaurs to equally massive datasets, speakers such as Hall Train and Ben Fry illustrated how a precise focus in one subject can lend itself to compound interest in opportunity. Once I dedicated myself to the field of medical illustration, I was immediately presented with a new challenge of where and how to focus further. Attending an AMI meeting is an excellent way to get a better idea of where each of the many potential subspecialties may lead. With representatives from pharma, MOA-driven animation studios, med legal companies, textbook illustration companies, and interactive media developers, attendees have access to what type of projects are currently being created in the industry, what type of traditional work remains in demand, and what new directions these companies are headed in. The lush range of topics covered at Saturday's text Showcase provided members with a combination of both introductions and refreshers to the array of skills and techniques we all employ and continually seek to develop. Collectively, We share a common goal for perfection and attention to minute detail. Each demonstration satiated this disposition, and I genuinely extend my thanks to all of this year's presenters for educating and inspiring me. Of particular interest at the Tech Showcase was the organic watercolors demonstration by Catherine Chorney. It was here, in Chorney's work, that I felt the impact of the artist in each of us cry out for tactile expression and indulgence in unbound curiosity. Truly, it should go without saying that reuniting with past classmates and professors provides a valuable source of social connection for AMI members. An aspect of every AMI event is the congregation of speakers from the scientific and medical communities whose work is made known or elaborated. So have we collectively maintained a reputation of irreplaceability? This is a difficult question to answer, as it largely depends on your personal definition of our field. I believe the answer should be that our work stands for itself. This was evident in the diverse range of media on display in the salon and the incredible work of our presenters. The 67th annual conference of the Association of Medical Illustrators concluded on the evening of July 28th with a joyful and inspired sentiment. I found it fitting that Dr. Harrison should have the closing remarks. It's the people in it that make any organization what it is. Just like any population with high genetic variants, diversity in our skills and knowledge will ensure our survival as we continue to illuminate what is accurate, what is innovative, and what is possible. Wow, I wrote that article more than 10 years ago. So There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this reflection on a medical illustrator I once knew. Someone who was kind to me and passed along a shining example of the kind of person I want to be. You see, I'll never forget towards the end of that first exchange I had with Steve Harrison when I went to check out the Georgia program and I got to sit down with Bill Andrews and Andrew Swift and David Mascaro and Steve Harrison. Towards the end of the interview, the faculty invited me to ask them any questions I might have. And I think I asked something along the lines of, you know, do you guys have any regrets or anything you do differently? And Steve, he said something along the lines of, you know, oh, no, son. Once you get to be my age, you don't have any regrets. Or, you know, maybe he said just, no, I don't have any regrets. But it was the way he said it that made me feel like, you know, almost like you could outlive that emotion, grow past it. I aspire to achieve such a thing. I think a good place to start is to try and build a career and a lasting memory like Steve Harrison did. Rest in peace, Steve.